Hello and welcome to Lost in Criterion. My name is Adam Glass, and my partner is... John Patrick Owitari-Dorgan. He's hyphenated his last name because he's a liberal monster. Yes, right. I am what you... you, you uh, yeah, I'm in your yes. nightmares. This week we're going to be talking about Walkabout, the 1971 film directed by the British man Nicholas Rogue, set and filmed in Australia. Um... It's it's a weird one. Oh, it is a very weird one. I had I had a pretty bad week this week, Pat. Uh, trying to watch this, my power's been out and on and out and on, and my internet I haven't had internet connection, so I wasn't able to watch this on Hulu for until until yesterday, really. Um, but not as bad as my father driving me into the desert, shooting at me, setting the car on fire, and then shooting himself in the head. Um, which spoiler alert no. happens in the first ten minutes of this movie. Right, so I assume everybody knows it's going to happen. Yeah. But man, yeah, man, that is, ugh, that is a weirdly upsetting scene. It's... But it's weird before that. Oh, like, yeah. I want to ask you, like, did you pick up on some really, like, that actor, the guy who played the dad, uh-huh. did a damn good job. Oh, yeah. For a man who's only in the film for like 10 minutes. Yeah. He, that was a, because man, you get some creepy ass vibes <laughs> off of him right from the very yeah. beginning. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Um, and then like, and all those jump cuts between his his daughter's ass and the uh, and him like with this really weird contemplative look on his face. That is, that is an unsettling yes. film. Oh, there's so much unsettling about this movie, and it's mostly it's mostly happens through jump cuts and weird. Uh, it's just weird. Um, we open we open in this very. Very well. First off, we open with an explanation of what a walkabout is. Um, the The movie derives its title from the Aboriginal Australian uh, sort of uh, rite of passage, where a sixteen year old male is sent out into the outback on his own to survive and to learn how to survive, or to to put into effect everything he has learned about how to survive. Uh, and uh, I suppose if he lives and comes back, he's good. And if he doesn't... Yeah, I mean, he succeeded. If he doesn't, <laughs> um, well, he's out of everybody's yeah, hair. Yeah, we don't need to worry about him anymore. Um, so, there's... We establish that, and, and obviously the movie the movie plays with that as a coming-of-age tale uh, with with the daughter um, and the son being lost in, in the outback as well after their father tries to kill them and then kills himself. Um, but... When we we first, they're very they're very you know modern folk. Um, well, for the time of the filming, well, yeah, obviously the the daughter the daughter is very much an urban person, teen, teen um, not not understanding hardship at all, um, and and to have this hardship forced upon her is is her walkabout in the same way. Um, and there's there's a lot in this movie of this juxtaposition of of modern and and Aboriginal 
um, nature and and you know modernity um, that gets started right away. Right away, we start out. Oh yeah, yeah. We we very much we start out with this. You know, we've got these lost radio signals over dry mud, and then we immediately cut to Aboriginal music as we see scenes of modern Australian city life. And, you know, we, we lots of cuts, a brick wall, we see the outback again, and there sounds of cars, we see a butcher, we see this park, but all the trees have labels on them. Um, so it's it's... It's just weird. It's a lot of juxtaposition right from the start, and a lot of jump cuts, and that is something that defines this movie. This I, I don't know if there's a shot that's more than three seconds long in the entire thing. Um, well, well, that's and, a, yeah. I, I mean, I that's mean, an exaggeration, obviously. But like, sometimes it's very effective, and then other times, oh yeah, just but it's, just hard to watch. It's, it just depends on the situation. Super. Like some of, like I said, like they do. A, he did, the director or the actor. It's hard to tell. Does a fantastic job of making the do, the dad as creepy and frightening oh, a yeah. human being as you can in about five minutes. Oh of film. yeah. Oh yeah. But and that's but I mean then, that's like, even sometimes before the jump we know cuts are just like why did we sh- why did we see that? Yeah. Like, why is there a brick wall? Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. It's, there's like, a lot of whatever symbolism he's aiming for gets a little bit lost yeah, for me but I think I think we by the end of it you know if I'm understanding the movie correctly and we'll get we'll, obviously we'll get into more of this in the next hour um, if I'm understanding the movie correctly I think that as a whole it works together you just don't understand it at the beginning and that's uh, one of the things that really uh, sets this movie apart and um I think you you compared it before we started talking to 2001 because of this. Well, it is um, it is 2001: A Space Odyssey in the desert. Yeah, essentially. The, the, these films are the two films are so incredibly yeah. similar it's, that it's a very if I didn't if I did not literally know better, yeah. it, I would say it was the same director. Um, I mean, it has the same sort of yeah. As I think the Wikipedia page described it, hypnotic filmmaking. Like yeah. it's at times the just droning of the sound and combined with the imagery just sort of yeah. space out and, and combined as it, well with the disjointed narrative um, yeah so we're, we're following we're principally following the main story of these kids lost in the desert principally following the main story of you know, how taking over the ship but then we, we we do all these jumps to other things that are affecting what we're doing but then sometimes not related and then you know there's there's a lot of weird narrative in this, and we don't necessarily know if things are taking place in the order we're seeing them. Um, there's there's not a lot of cause and effect through the movie where they don't necessarily have to be in chronological order. And when we when we jump to other scenes, we don't necessarily know that the same amount of time has passed. Yeah, we're we're yeah left really left in the dark. About yeah, like, the like sequence of with events the, with and the dad. how they all fit together. Yeah, with the dad, for instance, on on the kind of illustrate what I'm talking about. With the dad, we get um, we followed the kids for a couple of days. So he's he shot at them, and then he sets the car on fire, and he pours out the fuel, and then we hear a gunshot, and he falls, 
Uh, so it's suggesting that he shot himself. But we never see him again because there, pointedly um, the sister is trying to keep her little brother from from seeing what her dad <laughs> what their dad has done. Um, yeah. So they run off down the down the ditch. So like as far as we're concerned, on their end, days later, we get this quick jump to just the father sitting up. Yeah, that's weird. Which is a but weird. He uses sh- that same imagery later with the buffalo standing back up. Yes. Yes. I have to be. It's weird, but yeah, it almost points yeah. to some weird theme that I yeah. don't quite understand. But it's 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 yeah, <laughs> and that's that's one theme. I'm I'm not even attempting to. I don't know what to to think about that. There's there's other things that the movie's trying to say that I think I can grasp, but. Um, but at the same time, it's almost as if the dad actually did, you know, survive that initial gunshot because in a, you know, a few more, like an hour later in the movie, we see some ab- an aboriginal tribe that has discovered the burnt-out remains of the car. And not only is the dad's body no longer there, but there's a body hanging in a tree nearby um, that's very, very much mutilated. So I don't know if it's supposed to be the father. Um, yeah, yeah, we it, it's really confusing about it. Is that the father? Yeah. Because it it doesn't really necessarily look like him, and I don't know if that's just a an issue with like the filmmaking and trying to get a dummy that actually looks like yeah the character, or if it's deliberately not supposed yeah. to look like him. And, and somehow I think maybe it's deliberately not supposed to look like him because other aspects of the movie. Uh, like the makeup done uh, as their as the kids are, you know, dying of uh, uh, thirst essentially. Uh, the makeup of their you know sunburnt, dry faces uh, is very good. I mean, it's very believable. Uh, and maybe they just decided to have the kids lay out in the sun for twelve hours, um, and it's not makeup at it all. Possible, but uh, but yeah, this 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 guy in the tree. Um, but if it's not the dad, one, where's the dad, and two, why is this other guy there? Um, yeah, it gets really complicated about, like, yeah. what is this trying to say then? Yeah, because, like, was it even the dad who drove them out there, or was it some just crazy person who drove them out there and tried to kill them? Or yeah. It's it's really complicated if you think about it too much. Yeah, so, yeah, it's it's it's, it's really... Disconcerting a lot. Let's just say that, like, right from the beginning, that this film is really. I liked it, but very hard. It's, yes, it is. To watch. It is a hard movie. Just because it is very. both upsetting and confusing. Yeah. And and we've got. The girl sets up the picnic, um, and this this whole domestic thing that that we see mirroring, uh, mirroring her mother putting the picnic together. Um, before they left, and what happens to the mom? We never know that. Um, right. She never called anybody to tell yeah. her that her husband and children are missing? Yeah. Why is, why because is there obviously not the mother sort of knows where problem. they go because the dad yeah. was doing some sort of geological survey. Yeah. So it seems, but who knows? Um, it's just. So we've got the little boy, you know, playing at, playing at murder, shouting bang bang as he shoots his water pistol. And then, yeah. and then his dad starts shooting back with an actual handgun. 
Um, and the kid just doesn't comprehend it at all. Yeah, the, the kid thinks they're still it. playing. And he, he's really fun, and then and then the daughter tackles him, and they try to make their escape. Yeah, well, like, it's really... That part is probably not the part where the dad kills himself. That was weird, but, like, the part where the dad starts shooting is probably the most upsetting part of the film. Yeah. For me. One of the most. I mean, there's a couple other that were really bad, but, like... Just the dad, like, the kid doesn't comprehend, the little boy doesn't yeah. comprehend that dad's trying to kill him because, you know, why would he, right? Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, but why and, Why and, is the dad but, trying to kill him at the same and, time? And, yeah, we have no motivation for the dad, but then also, like, why is the older daughter able to comprehend that? Yeah. I mean, in all seriousness, this is such an unbelievable event. Oh, why yeah. is the daughter able to even come to grips that quickly with the idea that dad's going to kill them other than the possibility that dad is unless the daughter is already aware of the fact that dad is a psychopath and and maybe we're getting hints of why she might be aware the way considering dad is obviously having extremely upsetting thoughts about his daughter yeah the way the the way we've seen him we've seen him look at her the way they've interacted you know up until this point there's not been a lot of dialogue but all the dialogue has been very very curt, well, five word sentences yeah. at the very most. Um, you know, I think the first the first thing that's said in the movie is he tells the little boy not to eat and talk with his mouth full. That's like yeah. the first audible line in the movie is is the dad telling the little boy to shut up, and that's fifteen minutes in. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's. I don't even know. It's, it's, yeah, we it's, get into, like, they, I will give the director a lot of credit for, you don't know why the dad is doing this, but you yeah. definitely get the feeling that it is within his insane character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think... This I, is not an unusual, this is not as absurd as it would appear. Yeah. One of the things I get from this movie, and, you know, it's, it's by no means a deep point, <clears throat> but... But maybe just because I'm a little postmodern in my in my viewpoints of things, anyway. Um, but there's really there's a lot of play on the futility of communication in this movie. Yeah. Um, and that that you can't really you you can't really portray you can't, people can't understand each other in this movie. Um, and maybe uh, we get that from the very start with, with the first words being shut up and then everything being so curt and just disjointed in the way they're talking to each other. And then the little boy not understanding um, the violent act that his father is trying to, you know. And it's... it's but at the same time, there's this, there's this sense of... of Really, at the beginning, we get this weird sense of the powerful destroying the non-powerful. The little girl kills a bunch of ants right before her father starts shooting at her. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, there's uh, the relationships of power get in there too. There's a lot going on. There's a lot being said. Um, I just, like I said, I just watched this yesterday, and it's... No, oh, I just watched it this afternoon. It's very, it's this. a very heavy, it's a heavy movie. It's a hard it is, movie. Like, 
Did you like it? I'm just uh, just a really good on the brass tacks I, about I like really that did. sort of thing. I really did. I did. Yeah, I agree, and that's why I was wondering. It's just you know, it's weird. It is very difficult yeah. to watch. Yeah. Basically upsetting for the entire. Fa- there is an, a section where it portrays this very idyllic universe in which somehow. I mean, actually, getting into your thing about communication being futile, there's no communication going on, and yet, like, no legitimate communication going on, and yet that is the best time in the movie. Yeah. Like, for the the characters involved, is the time when oh, absolutely. nobody understands each other, but everybody knows that nobody understands each other, and they're just yeah. interacting on the absolute most basic level. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, coupled, coupled with that lack of communication, there's a lot of scenes of isolation, too. And obviously, the, yeah. the kids are isolated. In, in the desert, and even after even after they find the Aboriginal, or the Aboriginal finds them on his walkabout, um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, they're isolated, but there's a lot of scenes of just the isolation of the animals, and even at the beginning, when, when we're in modern society, um, there's no human interaction, really. Um, yeah, yeah, they even show us, like, the, the drill practice for, I guess, French... Yeah. Where she's just, like... <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it, even that is a representation of education without communication. Yeah, absolutely. There, She's learning French, and yet she is not communicating whatsoever. Yeah. There's no communication going on, despite the fact that, theoretically, she is learning a language. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, yeah, exactly. They're, they're pretty clear about the fact that communication is... Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's, it, if it's that communication is pointless and... Well, yeah, we I don't communicate I don't know with it. each other. Where if the idea is that we do not communicate? Yeah, I don't think it's as nihilistic as as saying that communication is completely pointless, but we still don't communicate, and that's you know that's completely through till the end. The very last scene is right. Actually, not the only time you actually see legitimate communication, almost from the entire film, is when the little boy is communicating with the Aboriginal. Yeah, eventually through the course he, of the movie. He, the boy, because I think maybe this is part of the theme of the movie. Who knows? But the little boy is innocent and pure enough that he is capable of communication. Yeah. No, absolutely. On an actual level where they understand yeah. each other and feel each other. Yeah. Like and they do feelings. it through mind. And it's and it's an interesting. There's sort of a noble savage ideal in there that you know is a long dead. Is also in upsetting, a lot of other yeah. things. Um, but but the fact that you know the Aboriginal and the prepubescent boy are the only ones who can really understand each other on any basic level, and it's only a basic same, level. At the same time, we see other people. I, I, think, I don't think we have an, a noble savage sort of scenario here so much as a this. He has remained pure a little bit longer. Yeah, than, perhaps. Like the little girl, or the 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 girl that uh, she is, what probably supposed to be sixteen. She's or so supposed. Also, I right? think the character is supposed to be fourteen, but the actress is actually sixteen, uh, which right. is something the director took rather creepy advantage of. <laughs> yeah, which is weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like let's not get into that yet. That's yeah. for the that's for later. Um, but the point is, is that um, he, they are of the same age, but one of them has progressed to the point of incapability of communication faster than the other. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is a little bit of a notion, but you also see later on in the film other aboriginals who are also incapable of communication. And so it doesn't seem to necessarily paint the aboriginals as all being pure well, and yeah. capable of communication. It's this particular 
man child or whatever you want to call him. Yeah. This this fifteen year old, sixteen year old, he is capable of communication. But yeah. his his fellow people are no more capable of communication as we see than anybody else. I mean, they're sitting around cackling and playing in a car while there's a dead man hanging in a tree. Yes. These are not <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like they're, they're and they in the juxtaposition in the juxtaposition that they do sometimes with the city and the Aboriginal people, they're not demonstrating the, a better universe in one or the other. They're just showing it's sort of it's more of a the more things change, the more they stay the same sort of yeah theory. You know. Yeah. No. It, I think I think you're definitely you know the the lack of communication is cross cultural in this movie. Yeah, exactly. They're saying nobody communicates. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't. Except I didn't mean to suggest young men. when I when I threw out the the noble savage. I didn't mean to suggest that, that no, no, this I movie just... in in any way uh, seeks to say that we should all be aboriginals. Um, well, but I think if you I think if you watch the movie without paying attention enough, you could pick up on you could get that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like this movie yeah. could easily be interpreted if you especially if you take yourself maybe back to the time frame that this film was made when you would still maybe hear people making those kind of arguments mm-hmm. I think it could be very easily interpreted that way if you don't think quite deep enough yeah because I mean it's there it's it's the, I think the director's trying to say this isn't this is nonsense but it there is that element that he, he paints, I think, almost for just contrast. That oh, look at this one noble man who is capable of communication. But then you know he goes out of the director goes out of his way to prove that, that he's an abnormality yeah. under any circumstance. Well, and 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 again, um, you know he's capable of communication, but only with the child. And right. one of right, one exactly. of you know one of the tragedies of the movie is his inability to communicate with the girl. Yes, um, which is oh heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking, um, and and again I'm sure something we'll get into a little bit later, um, the the sexual aspect that all coming of age stories have to have I suppose. Well, <laughs> it, he is going through puberty, yes. both of them. So yes, so um, what do we have? Um, this sort there's of nothing else. Just, just no, there's there's one really great. I I really. You know, because there's always, there's there's completely this sense of, of you know, the uh, nature and society, um, you know, playing off each other. Like, like, whenever we see the moon, there's also sounds of satellites passing, like the beep, yeah. beep of Sputnik. Um, it's and, so and the, 1971 in this film. Yeah, yeah, it's very... It's, it's almost, that's one of the few parts of the film that is a little bit, is about the only part of the film that I find a little bit annoying is every so often you get this very, like, 1971 kind of, oh, look at nature superimposed with uh, man's technology. You get that... I find that that annoying. But but we get it the other way, too. I, that, that knife, if, if he's truly using it like that, he's cutting both ways. Um... To show, well, yeah, yeah, to he sh- is, but I find it annoying like in said, both directions. <laughs> to show, like you said, this, this, you know, more things change, more things stay the same. Is you know, all, all the cultures are the same; they're just hitting different, different highs and lows. Like when he kills um, 
when he kills the uh, kangaroo. And he's hacking apart the kangaroo, and it's it's juxtaposed with, with a the butcher, butcher yeah. uh, taking it apart on, like, a side of beef or something. Um, so, you know, the cultures are different, but, but they're the same in the same way. And, you know, uh, and the scene with the Aboriginal group, um, and the scene with, say, the, the weather scientists, you know, is, is exactly the same. It's all this sort of, you know, incommunicative sexuality, um, yeah. without getting into anything deeper, um. Like the the scientists, um, there's there's some workers, there's some scientists, there's one woman among them, and, and yeah, and she's the object of all attention. Yeah. yeah, she's the object of all attention, including the camera does does a lot of male gaze there, um, you know, looking at her legs every time her legs move, looking down her shirt. Um, well, you know, but and then I, you know, that's just they do a very good job of telling you exactly what those men are thinking about without ever saying yeah. it. So it, yeah. you do get into the whole filmmaking thing about show don't tell. Yeah, yeah, no, and, no, and it, do, it definitely works. I, I don't want to telling us exactly what yeah. he's what they're thinking. Without yeah, I ever... don't, I don't, I don't mean to fault it. It does go a little over the top. I think at that yeah, point, but... we can tell what they're thinking with just the looks they're giving. Not we don't necessarily That's need true. to follow their gaze. That's true, but I mean, it, 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 I, I think I, I feel that that part is at least no, pretty it's, good it's, filmmaking. It's just because you get you also get the. But it also really does a good job of portraying them as being kind of pervs. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. it's kind of no, they're like, clearly they, supposed to be pervs. But well, but the weird thing is, is then you also get like Aboriginal scenes that like if we get we get into the whole the more things change, the more things stay the same, and they're just as bad kind of thing. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, I can find it. We, I've got I've got a sequence here where I just I have the word "butt" in my notes. Every other word is it whose butt? Well, it's, they're traveling together. The girl is is staring at the Aboriginal at his butt. bus. Yeah, so it's camels butt, yeah. camels butts. Uh, Imagine explorers butts. Carcass butts. Desert butts. <laughs> Fake tonight. Um, and uh, there's a lot of really interesting cinematic choices, uh, not only with just the jump cuts, but uh, there's one scene I, in particular I remember of him hunting um, just before he gets that that kangaroo um, that we have the butcher with. Uh, but there's, I think they do it a couple of times, but here's the one that stands in my mind. Uh, instead of showing him, you know, actually tracking and hunting, it's a bunch of still images of him you know, about to throw a spear or, or tracking through the bush. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, they do the same thing when the hunters steal his buffalo. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's, you know, it's... And again, it's it's kind of, you know, the thwarting of power or, or the... You know, the yeah, that, 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 that particular but, stylistic choice was odd, and I, it's hard to figure out what he's doing there a little bit, in my opinion. Yeah. Like Which every I time think he it, does that, it's like, it's, it does feel like it's, it changes the feel of the film, but I never could quite get a handle on how it changes the feel of the film. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. Um, yeah, exactly, it just feels weird. Yeah, and it, it feels weird because it's, it's only done twice or so, and it's, it feels really out of place. I guess it's the ultimate jump cut to just show a picture instead of... Yeah, yeah a I mean, frame. maybe that's the whole um, idea for him, was like, I'm not even going to show you film. 
I'm going to show you yeah. a picture. But at the same time, when we get to when we get to the climax of that sequence, in, in both ways, it switches back to video. When he actually when he's actually throwing the spear to kill the kangaroo, we've had a lot of him stalking the kangaroo in pictures. But when he's actually doing the deed, killing it, we switch back to video. Yeah. And it, it happens the same with the hunters. We get a lot of still of him you know, tracking a water buffalo and then getting hit by the car or jumping out of the way of the car or whatever. Um, but then it's video when the hunters are actually mowing down all of the animals. Yeah, and it um, leaves you kind of wondering, like, maybe the whole idea is that this these still images better encapsulate the essence of what's going on than yeah. showing video of them doing these things would. Yeah. Yeah. Like hunting Maybe. is just this still image of a hunter. You know what I mean? Like this is hunting. Yeah. And then like the things that happen with the water buffalo, this is poaching basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this oh, is yeah. what these it are is. Clearly, we're, we've been calling them hunters, but they're they're obviously poachers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's because he's a hunter. They're poachers. Yeah. I mean, we don't know anything about them, so maybe we're slandering them. But basically, they come in and shoot eight buffalo in the matter of yeah. a minute and a half. Obviously, yeah, they are and, not and they hunting leave a, for food. They leave a bunch. They leave yeah, a and bunch. then they leave a bunch on the ground, dead, bleeding yeah. out. And so you're left with not many other conclusions other than the fact that this is... And yeah, I think maybe he jump cuts to say this, to a picture just to say... This is the essence of hunting. This is the essence of poaching. This is the Maybe. essence of Maybe. whatever. You don't need any yeah. other information. Here's a cave painting of this thing. Which is, yeah. I guess, maybe plays into the theme of like that sort of rock painting. Is like This is a still image that tells you everything you need to know about what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, no, so. I think there's, there's certainly merit to that. Um. But it's still unsettling for a moviegoer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a lot of unsettling things in this movie, too. Um, Which brings us to 16-year-old girl's breasts. The most unsettling <laughs> thing in this film. Yeah, the, for, like, no reason. Um, except maybe... Maybe to signify that they're not thinking about each other or trying not to think about each other. Uh, in the same way that the Beast in Beauty and the Beast, whenever he, he's on the brink of being sexually aroused, goes and kills a deer. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we we get this scene of uh, you know the sixteen year old girl, well fourteen as far as the story goes. Um, well, that's never explicitly stated. That's no, actually they don't, we mean. don't know in, in like, the background in the material. I'm told that well, because there's a novel and stuff. But yeah, like, yeah, from the movie, all we know is that she is yeah. roughly high school yeah. aged. Yeah, yeah, she's she's a teenager. And the only um, reason we know he's sixteen is because we read the Wikipedia yeah. page that tells you at sixteen well, is when they do a walkabout. No, that was it. Was at the beginning of the movie. Oh, okay, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. They do the walkabout. Um, uh, but so we get him off hunting um, after they both kind of uh, accept that uh, you know there's a. Uh, I don't know. It's really gratuitous. It really is. Um, well, yeah. I mean, it. What makes it gratuitous is not. They could have done everything they did without sixteen-year-old girl breasts. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, it's not the even, entire I mean, concept uh, could we, have been accomplished without it. This girl, this girl, which just makes the director a bit of a perv. Yeah, completely nude in this scene. Um, yeah, I it's mean, not it's, even, it's, a, it's not just 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 her breasts. It, you know, we see we see her whole body, um, but it, it plays right after like they're 
they've had this moment earlier, um, just before this, um, where he really seems to see, and she's been staring at his butt for, for days now, um, but we get this moment where, uh, he kind of first sees her sexually while they're, while they're climbing the tree, and he looks at her butt, too. Um, <laughs> there's lots of butts. Um, yes. Which is why your notes are nothing but butts. Yeah. Uh, so they, you know, they hang together in the tree. Um, this is juxtaposed with the aboriginals discovering the car and the dead bloated body also hanging in the tree. Uh, and obviously... It's so weird juxtaposition, to, uh, juxtaposition and really yeah, and a un- little bit uncomfortable in itself. Oh, uncomfortable, but at the same time, a foreshadowing of, of a later scene. Right, um, yeah. Once you've seen the whole movie. Yeah. There's a lot of scenes, there's a lot of cuts right there of sort of, you know, she's 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 got some... Uh, I don't know if it's suggested that she's menstruating or if she's just got a rash from climbing the tree. Um, but there's a lot of scenes... Uh, clips right there. She's she's kind of rubbing her thigh, uh, and he looks concerned. Um, and she says, "No, it's fine. I'll be fine in the morning." But then we get a lot of sh- just tree limbs that are very clearly supposed to be um, fair-skinned crotches uh, with red marks in the middle of them. Um, oh, director. Yeah, and then we cut to you know um, he's kind of they're very close, and you know in any. In any Western movie where both characters were, were, were Western-grown, this would be the scene where they're kind of about to kiss and then don't. Um, but instead, they're a little further away from kissing in this. Um, uh, and, you know, the communication breaks down again. Um, he, he clearly wants to do something and doesn't understand how to convey that. Um, But, right, uh, when it, but it's all climaxing towards the final, ultimate yeah, communication breakdown, which happens yeah. in that last scene with him, yeah, it's, which is it, just heartrending. It's just the worst. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's climaxing in that, but at the same time, then we segue directly into him off on the hunt the next day with the little boy, and them, you know, being communicating a little better and getting yeah, they better do uh, as they develop yeah. their whole mind thing, and her skinny dipping uh, for no reason. <laughs> Yeah, and we jump it's back really, and forth. That that's the that's the worst part in my mind is yeah. that just for no reason. It's completely gratuitous. It um, is, and that's what makes it upsetting. Is that there's, it's kind of like, what? Why? I mean, yeah. Well, and then especially, you could show skinny dipping without showing anything if you really wanted yeah. to. It wouldn't yeah. even be hard at and all. We, but they don't. I we get a little more messing with the narrative there because obviously uh, he's hunting, he's cooking. This is taking hours, and she's swimming the entire time. <laughs> right. I don't. Right. I don't know if it's really. It's. It's. If we believe the way it's presented to us, she's swimming for like twelve hours. Um, yeah, you never know. For. Yeah. Um, so it's just weird. A lot of weird messing with the narrative. There is a. There is a scene here. Uh, right around that moment uh, where the Aboriginal runs across a, uh, a random Caucasian woman. Um, and again, uh, cementing the whole idea of isolation. Um, they, She and he can't talk, so she goes on and goes down to this ranch that is on one side of a ridge as he goes down the other side of the ridge to where the other kids are. Well, and the weirdest thing um, is, is at least... 
in my version, she, apparently in different versions, this scene plays out a little bit different. Is what I was reading. Yeah, uh, Not, I yeah. In all the scenes, you don't get in all the versions, you don't get the exact same thing. But in my version, she sees the two obviously Caucasian children. Okay. And doesn't do anything about it. Yeah, um, the way it's cut in the in the Criterion edition that I had, uh, which is apparently supposed to be the director's final cut. Um, she doesn't necessarily see them. We see her passing them, but it's believable that she does not look at them. Okay, because in... Uh, and therefore we, did doesn't you, see them. See, I thought in my version I saw her look in their direction okay. and see them. So maybe we watch maybe, different maybe. versions, but... Like, all I, in my mind, I don't see why that would be changed, because in my mind that's even a further of that man's distance from his fellow man kind of yeah. theme. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, she, she sees it and does nothing about it because she's too yeah. wrapped up in her own yeah. world of going to the ranch and meeting with her her lover or whatever, who is her a... lover. A, who is an asshole. Yes. Pardon yes, my yes. French. Yes, he goes, he goes down to the... She goes down to the ranch here, and this guy uh, has a whole bunch of... Um, Borderline you know, slaves. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a whole bunch of aboriginals. I... Uh, in the sort of uh, the dress of uh, like the Catholic school, um, you know, boarding Aboriginals, like because Australia did the same thing to their natives as we did to ours here in America, um, and and you know, rounding up the kids and putting them into into schools to Westernize them, to modernize them, blah blah blah. So it's a bunch of a bunch of kids. Um, Dressed as opposed to any of the other Aboriginals we've seen in Western sorts of clothing, though very cheaply made, um, and they're all making uh, statues. Statues, Australian, uh, Australian esque knickknacks, very inauthentic looking things. Yeah, well, I mean, it's very, it's they're for tourists. I mean, they're right. very obviously just plaster. Well, exactly, and that for, gets into I mean, which is even more. Along the point of the yeah. director with that is just they're making these yeah, crappy it's, it's, plaster mold things that don't even really look like yeah. Australian things. Yeah, it's 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 more communication breakdown. It's exactly non representative. You know, can't say can't say truth sorts of things. Um, but he does he does he's not quite a slave driver because he gives them a break. He announces a break. When he follows the woman into the house, right? Exactly. Um, Their only break she's time is when he's going to go, yeah, get a little bit Presumably. of afternoon delight. Yeah, uh, which is really I, I found that that seemed kind of weird because while she is sitting on the bed, um, any other time where something like that happens in the movie uh, would be so much more centralized. Yeah, centralized. This, and she's not really at all. She's I know just one, I wonder if that's on purpose, if this is like supposed to represent yeah. some sort of nearly mechanical behavior. Yeah, and maybe it is. Maybe it is. Because um, she had a very mechanical vibe to her the entire time you see her. Yeah. The way she walks, yeah, the way she moves, everything is so... I do this because I do robotic. this every day. Yeah. Yeah. No, no you're absolutely right there. Um, and maybe that's, maybe that's what it is. Um, that... They just exist in their roles. I guess. Well, yeah, exactly. And you, it, it, you again, you get into this like communication breakdown and not actually interacting with your fellow man thing with that. Yeah. In that, they're both acting out these roles. That this, this very sensual, very 
uh, intimate behavior has turned into some sort of robotic action for them. Yeah. So. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, um, we get our one... Right around here, I'm kind of going through this chronologically, I guess. Sorry, I, I don't... I wrote, all chronology of my, doesn't all mean of anything my, to me. Yeah. Well, it doesn't mean a whole lot to the movie <laughs> Anybody either. can watch this film. Um, yeah, but my notes are all kind of stream-conscious uh, reaction to what I'm... What, what I saw, so I'm going to just cycling through those. Um, we get the one, the one cross narrative, um, because why does why does that scene with with the scientists exist at all, uh, except that they lose a weather balloon, and at this point, uh, the other group they find the weather balloon, yeah, um, and they send it back up in the air um, after looking at it, and then they find an abandoned farmhouse. And the girl welcomes it because it is, despite being abandoned, it is still modern comforts to an extent, at least comforts that she recognizes as yeah. comforts. Um, yeah. Uh, so so she kind of lives in there, and, and they use that as base. Um, the, uh, the boy and the aboriginal find a paved road. Uh, and he's very excited. He realizes that this means that they can go home. And he's not sad about that. He's very excited. But at the same time, he doesn't tell her directly. Um, so, you know, there's there's a sense of trepidation, but that's never really played out. Because um, he very excitedly shows the boy. And he obviously knows what this means because he's excited about it. It's not... It doesn't seem like he's excited just because it's a paved road. Right, right. It's it's not like this is the first time he's seen a paved road and he wants to know what it is. He's, yeah, yeah, he knows exactly. What it is. And then both of them, both the boy and the the Aborigine, fail to yeah tell her. Yeah, no one no one tells her until until later. Um, Basically, after yeah. it's too late for it to mean anything. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so, uh, um, but he, he leaves the road, um, and he finally, we have that whole scene with the poachers and the, and the water buffalo, and he's, which is weird, we cut to this sort of boneyard, um, and, and more, more aboriginal music in the background of uh, this boneyard of a bunch of water buffalo bleached skulls, and we have our Aboriginal boy lying among them in this ceremonial paint makeup, you know, that that we can assume, we can assume what this means. We're never told explicitly, and that's another, you said this earlier, one thing this movie does very well is, is showing and not telling. Yeah. Because it's very, very well conveyed, you know, imagery-wise and, and through action, what is going on without it being explicitly stated. And, you know, there's there's the silence and the isolation of that and, and the lack of communication in that, but at the same time, communication still finds a way. Uh, but th- between our characters, it doesn't always. So yeah. he's in his ceremonial thing, and he goes back and he discovers, he discovers the girl while she's dressing, um, and he starts doing this dance for her, and she dances and dances, staring intently at her, wearing nothing but feathers and paint. Um, and it's, it's very clearly this courtship thing, but she's just scared. She doesn't understand what's going on. She can't communicate with him. 
Um, yeah, and it's really difficult in that scene to decide which character to sympathize for. I mean, yeah. like, it's really, I mean, you end, for me personally, you end up sympathizing with the, the Aboriginal uh, man, but yeah. both of them are clearly not able to grasp the other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because Absolutely. in the end, we do get to the point that throughout the entire prior elements of the movie, we do see that she does find him attractive. Yeah. She yeah, is attracted absolutely. to him. And he he does reciprocate that, but they are incapable of communicating to each other. Because from her yeah. point of view, this dance is just terrifying. And from his point of view, yeah. why doesn't she get my dance? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But it's really, exactly. it's so depressing. Because it's not it's not depressing because she doesn't get it. And it's not depressing because he doesn't get it. It's depressing because of the net result of it. Yes. He dances for like 12 hours and can barely lift himself by the end of it. Um, and then uh, the girl has fallen asleep and the little boy wakes him up. Um, he's the, the Aboriginal, we've, we've seen him, he's, he's collapsing, he's crying. Um, he's, he's the complete futility of what he's trying to do is... is bearing on him, wearing on him, and wearing him down. Uh, so the little boy wakes up, wakes up our, our, our girl, um, and tells him, tells her that the Aboriginal is, he's not there, he's gone. Um, and they bathe, and they get dressed in their school clothes, because, you know, they're on their way to the road, they're gonna go, since he's left them, uh, and then they find him hung in a tree. Which, how uh, he in, got in a, very, in a tree is... Yeah, it's, in he's in like, he's, he's wedged, you know, it's, it's, he hasn't hung himself in, you know, noose around the neck sort of way, but he's wedged himself, it's very clear that, that he had to have done this, I mean, there's no one else around, so he had right, to Right, it is it him himself. doing it to himself, but um, it, was he trying to kill himself, or did he just die because I, he couldn't finish the action of getting up the tree? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know if he, yeah. But he's wedged himself between a Y-shaped branch, and he's got his arms out. It's a very, it's it's a crucifix pro. Yeah, it is. And so you're um, left with the idea that he killed himself a little bit. Yeah, and you're left with the idea that he killed himself. Um, which I guess is, is one place where, where that's not necessarily clear. That is the, probably the, the most unclear part of the film, for me at least, was yeah. Yeah. that. Um, you know, he's, he's hung in the tree... Uh, the little boy still not understanding the concept of death, apparently, uh, even from, from the father and, you know, bookends. Um, and however many animals knife. he's seen killed in yes. the past. Offers him a pen knife, which obviously he doesn't take because he's dead. Um, so she wipes ants off of him, and then they go. And they're on their way back to society there's gravel there's electric poles there's a truck well and I just to go back to the ant wiping thing I before we move on to them getting back to society real quick um, it's yeah. really interesting because I read some stuff about the film and they refer to that scene as like a very touching thing that she does where she kind of wipes the ants from him but at the same time like for me it didn't come off as I mean it's nice that she was even concerned about him at that point but at the same time, she also just leaves his body in a tree. And I find that disregard 
gave me the, a different impression. Is it like, oh, well, he's dead now. I'm just going to return to a civilization. Yeah. It yeah. gives her you know, such a blasé sort of attitude that I... Yeah. After that point, I no longer care for the character. Well, it's, you know, she's... she's she In this, she's... Through the whole movie, she's on this brink of being a child and being an adult, and it is kind of the last childlike thing she does. Yeah. Is, is just to... That's true. Just wipe it off and, and wipe herself off. And... and yeah, it's just a weird like scene the because away. they do talk about it in like like commentary on this film about like oh it's her you know she does she shows affection yeah, for him with I this. I don't think it's, it's like, necessarily. I don't know. I about don't that. think that specifically. I don't think that specifically is necessarily a sign of affection. Yeah, it's, I I, I read right several there. things that said that, and I was like, yeah, I don't know about that, yeah. guys. I mean, obviously, obviously, you know, in the very last scene. We see that she was affectionate, we, we and and still is, uh, presumably as an adult, even though it's the same actress. So, um, yeah, it's it's even weirder yeah. then. Yeah, yeah, but you know, they she's she's seen, and there's there's her husband or boyfriend or whatever um, is telling her about work, and she's not listening, and he's not communicating, and instead she's daydreaming about her and her brother and the aboriginal all skinny dipping and this was you know the heaven of her life was this time lost in the desert um it's what she keeps thinking about so obviously you know she she's reminiscent and she's very affectionate about that but in this scene in particular her wiping the axe off i don't know if that's necessarily a sign of the affection yeah it might be a sign of her coming to terms with everything that's happened in the last maybe yeah and it but it's weird also because she does look back at this this time as this great moment she daydreams about it but i guess that is her as an adult and before she's a child and she doesn't she is not an adult when she leaves him yet yeah. Which is weird because you would kind of expect that to be the moment in the film where the, her coming of age moment, where she becomes an adult, yeah. and instead yeah. she does something that's yeah. really weird, which is just leave. Like, okay, we're gonna go. Yeah, we she, just found the guy we spent a month with in the des- dead in a tree. She doesn't know how to react. She doesn't know how to react. Um, because she's still a child is yeah. really what I get from Which that. is weird because that's um, the moment I would have expected her to not be yeah, a child exactly. anymore. And I guess maybe no. the doc- the director is playing with our preconceptions or just did it in a weird way that we don't like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Either's possible. Um, they follow the road to an abandoned town and there's a really great, somewhat funny scene, I suppose. Um, not that there's not bits of humor throughout the movie. Um, but uh, but the first, the first, you know, white guy who speaks English, man who speaks English, period, first person they've met in who knows how long, because who knows what this, <laughs> the timeline of this film right. is. Um, but, uh, you know, the first person they've seen since their father um, says about as much as their father said to them <laughs> in that last day. Uh they knock on the door and they're begging for help and uh, all he says essentially is uh, this is private property don't touch anything yeah don't and touch that water don't, wa- don't touch that bucket 
Yeah. Yeah. So you know we have we have that last juxtaposition of this you know very inviting native who gave his all for them, um, even though his death wasn't exactly sacrificial. Uh, the crucifix suggests that it's meant to be, um, and then at the same time, um, well, I guess it is kind of sacrificial because it doesn't it, it eliminates any reason they have to not go down the road. Yeah. Um, uh, and then they go back to civilization, and it's an incredibly inhospitable Australian fellow. Yeah, um, just a total jerk. Yeah. You know, what do we do now? And then they just kind of mess around in an abandoned... <laughs> Which is also kind of a weird scene. It is yeah. kind of a gratuitous scene. It, it, But I guess it's not, because it shows that they oh. are doing the same things that they did out in the wilderness, now they're just doing it yeah. in civilization. Yeah, it's one last scene of of play too, um, and you know throughout the movie, throughout the movie they become a little more aboriginal. I mean, obviously we get a scene of the little boy in like full paint, um, but at the same time she slowly lost some of the trappings of her of her societyness. Uh, she does eventually completely lose her stockings, and even when they dress. Back in their school clothes, she doesn't have them. Um, whereas in the first half of the movie, she's very intent on having them on at all times. Um, not explicitly, but she's still she's always wearing them. And I would think if I were in the middle of the desert, stockings might be the first thing I'd take yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't get it told to us again, but you can tell that yeah. she, one she. You see her trying to rinse she's, things off and stuff. Yeah. That just is kind of a waste yeah, of time. Yeah, she's trying to. She's trying to hold on to society, even as she's trapped in this. Yeah. And, and maybe that, that last scene with the ants is her still trying to hold on to her childhood, even as she's being thrust into something greater, too. Or something bigger, at least. Something different. Not necessarily greater. Yeah, when um, you consider what happens for the rest of her life, apparently, yeah. as portrayed in that yeah. last scene. But I find... Not greater. Yeah, the, ending, the ending of that, though. The ending of that... You know, we get them, they go to this junkyard, and he plays, and she she plays with him, and then we just stop that. Yeah, it's And then weird. she's an adult. We've got a car going to the same apartment that they lived in, um, that, that her parents had lived in, apparently, at least the same apartment building, and with the establishing shot. Um, and she's doing the same thing that her mother did at the beginning, when we come in, putting together a meal. And this guy talks to her, and she doesn't communicate with him, and she remembers, oh, the idyllic youth. And it's a weird ending that I'm not sure I found as satisfying as I would like to have found, because the scenes of them playing are very saddening, right? Like, I mean, that, that, that ideal time, that memory of that ideal time is very, is very sad. But at the same time, we also see that, like, all of this progression for this girl, all these experiences amounted to nothing. <laughs> she ended up exactly like her mother. Well, no, yeah. Nothing. Nothing on the surface. Right. I mean, I she's mean, having internal everything. dreams that probably her mother didn't have, but yeah. that doesn't mean anything. She's still married to a guy who comes home and talks about. The pro- like yeah. whatever, Bob yeah. quit and the, I'm gonna be the problem. She doesn't care about. Yeah, and so like, 
yeah, she's different inside maybe than her mother was, but it had no practical effect apparently on her life. Well, yeah, and absolutely no practical effect, and that's why we finish with that A.E. Hausman poem. Into my heart, in air that kills, from yon far country blows. What are those blue-remembered hills, what spires that farms, uh, what farms are those? That is the land of lost content, or content, rather. I see it shining plain, the happy highways where I went and cannot come again. It's, memory is is a lost land. Yeah, and I understand that. You could have, you would still get the same basic concept, regardless of how we see her life turn out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she could be sitting in an office as the manager of the office, and having the same daydream. Instead of just as a housewife. Right, exactly. What I'm saying Uh is, is that, not that I have any problem with the idea that memory is, (laughs) is it, is it, is an alien land, is a country you can never return to. That I'm fine with as a concept, and it very fits into the narrative of the story. My only problem is that clearly this experience should have altered her, and it didn't appear yeah. to do anything. And it doesn't seem to have. Yeah. And, and it's not even yeah. from my satisfaction as a viewer that it should have altered her, but that kind of experience yeah. would legitimately alter the personality of any person who went yeah. through it. She made it back to society, and she just rejoined society as if she Right, like, they could have shown her in any other scenario beyond what her mother was, and it would have been an acceptable net result. But what we do end up seeing is that, oh, this was like a vacation from the universe for her that had no result. And And I don't believe that. I find that unbelievable. I don't think I I would be as... um, nonplussed about that if it weren't for the fact that the mother was such a non-character she doesn't she she smokes a cigarette and she cuts a bunch of food that's all we know I know but I mean she's but they show her doing the exact same thing as her mother yeah and then and then her her doing the exact same thing if her mother had been more um of this developed thing and and we don't need that in this movie but one of the reasons it's disconcerting at the end is that she's become this meaningless character, character that we know. Yeah, this meaningless character. Yeah, it's... And then she's just got this memory. Um, yeah. So, it's, it's like we said, like we've continually said, it's a very hard movie to watch. Yeah, but a great uh, movie also. Because, what a great movie at the same time. Uh, it ends, and I don't know if this is supposed to be some sort of art house, like ending the movie with Finn, or 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 if this is purposeful to this movie itself. But the very last title card says "Rienna va plus." It's French. I don't know if I'm saying it right, uh, but it's it's a roulette term. Actually, it means no further bets. Yes, is the last thing we see. Interesting. I didn't notice that. I think I turned the movie off as soon as yeah. we got to the credits. Yeah, but uh, it, it fades to black for like a few seconds before that pops up. So I can understand if you thought the movie was already over. Uh, which is why I don't know if this is necessarily part of the movie. Um, but it's it's very... It's what you say, you know, in roulette when, you know, there's no more speculation. You can't, you can't, you know, obviously you can't lay down any more bets. But you're you're cemented in your decisions already. Is is how that plays That's in the interesting. <laughs> as a as a so, footnote to the film. 
so as a footnote to the movie, it's it's very it's a very interesting thing to say. Um, you know, I don't know. There's a lot to think about there in the fact. It's, this, it's the sort of thing I should have put more thought into than than twelve hours after I watched the movie talking about it. Um, but, but yeah, we talked we talked last time about hard boiled and how I overthought hard boiled. But but there's I don't think there's a lot of overthinking this no. movie because this movie is just so heavy in what it's trying to I say. I would not be surprised. And not heavy handed in what it's it, trying to say. Just with only an hour, I'm sure we missed bits that the director, if he were listening yeah. to it, would be like, "Oh, you missed my." My masterpiece. You missed the most important part of the film. Didn't you notice that bird in frame 38? (laughs) That that bird, that bird at at the 38 minute mark. uh, The way he looked up at the moon and then drank all the water. That's the whole film. (laughs) It's the whole movie. The whole movie. (laughs) Anyway, uh, before we get too rambly, Perhaps we yeah, should end. Yeah, we've 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 hit our mark. Yeah, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you. This was a good one. Yeah, this is actually I I absolutely recommend this movie. There's a few that I wouldn't recommend necessarily, but this this is definitely up there for for one. Not not quite as not quite as uh, an exciting a recommendation as 400 blows, but no, it's not as good as 400 blows. I we yeah. have yet to find one well, this that is a great, I like that yeah. much, but we'll see. We yeah. have a long way to go. But this is still a great movie to watch. Uh, thanks for listening. Next time we'll be talking about the Seventh Seal, um, classic of art house. Well, really got the American art house movement started uh, as we imported that Swedish film, Ingrid Bergman's. 1957 classic. Yep. The seventh season. See you then, I guess. So, we'll see you then.